Hello, my name is Ben. I'm doing a special supplementary soliloquy, I suppose, on what uh, happened last week to me to delay this podcast. So when I think of the word supplement, for some reason, it makes me think of the word supplicant, which makes me think of Ghostbusters. Supplicant means a person who asks someone who is in a position of power for something in a humble way. And Ghostbusters <laughs> was the Voldrani supplicants, which were the Voldrani were Gozer worshippers who were also victims of Gozer's uh, apocalypse in the form of a slow-moving torb, as Vince Glortho, played by Rick Moranis, said in Ghostbusters. And that kind of reminds me of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is coming out in November 19th, which is in a few days here. I'm kind of excited about Jason Reitman, who is directing and is uh, the basically being handed the reins from Ivan, his father, and having a new take on, on the Ghostbusters so many years later. Fortunately, we're going to have, we're going to see a lot of the old cast coming back for the, for the movie. Peter Vinkman, Ray Stantz, Winston Zedmore, Dana Barrett, and Janine Melnitz are all going to be back in the, in the new movie. It looks like they are being very secretive about what their parts are going to be in the movie, but if you look at the trailer, it's an amazing trailer, so check out the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. That's kind of beside the point. That's kind of a, a, a side note that's very vague, but this is about why I was delayed on getting the podcast out this week. I am getting older and one of the things, one of my favorite comedians is Jake Johansson. And in one of his bits on the special of his called I Love You, he said something to the effect of, when you go to bed and you didn't do anything crazy the day before and you wake up with some sort of athletic type injury, that's when you know you're getting old. And that's what happened to me on Wednesday. I went to bed, I felt a little bit of, you know, just general uh, sensation of tightness in my left side, and when I woke up Wednesday morning, I was in some major, major pain. And so that kind of, you know, I tried to get as much as I could done, but I couldn't, I couldn't do anything on Wednesday, and Thursday I was still feeling sore, and Come Friday, I was feeling better. I got a massage, but instead of rushing the episode, I decided to just put it off until next week. So I hope that's okay, and I hope as me being your supplicant, I suppose, <laughs> I really appreciate a couple of folks from the Online Warriors said, hoped I was okay, and thank you very much, Nerd Bomber, Illegal, and Tectic. I really appreciate the concern. Uh, you know, I got a nice massage, and I learned a new a new muscle group called the, the Soaz, which, my mnemonic, whenever I think of that muscle group, I'm going to always think of the Suez Canal now, for some reason. <laughs> and so, the Soaz, the Major, the Minor, and the Illicus, they're all in the same area, which is just underneath the front hip area and apparently that can do a lot as far as when that's massaged to loosen things up 
Um, one other place to do the massage is also the glutes. And so, you know, I got uh, focused on that area and I definitely on Friday felt better and I feel even better today. So I was recommended to do some yoga. So I don't know about how I feel about yoga, especially involving animals. I have cats. I don't know. The boys might be involved in the cat yoga or might be involved in the yoga. It might be just cat yoga by proxy, especially the way Mango is rubbing up against my arm right now. Wants some attention. But yeah, interesting. Combining yoga with animals. So (laughs) to maintain with the vagueness and the conversation going off the rails, let's go, let's talk about animal yoga. So animal yoga, in general, uh, you know, there've been, uh, offshoots involving dogs, which, uh, generally introduced in 2003 and cats in 2017 and goats and even horses in 2018 and 2017. I don't quite understand the goats, but apparently goat yoga is pretty big here in Tucson, Arizona. I got a couple of places where you can go and see and participate in goat yoga. Any animal-based yoga seems to be to me more up my alley than hot yoga, which just seems to be just doing yoga in Arizona, really. <laughs> and actually a really interesting, so along with all these animal yogas, There's apparently one that started becoming popular, and I don't know where in the world this became popular, because I don't know. It seems an oddly specific animal. Uh, Ring-tailed lemur yoga apparently is a thing somewhere and started in 2019. So if you got any ring-tailed lemurs out there, you might want to involve them in your yoga. But goat yoga reminded me of... uh, There was a game that was published by Coffee Stain Studios. It was a part of a a collective sort of development. Sometimes these development studios have sort of an open house kind of thing where uh, groups of people get together and work on certain projects and then, you know, um, introduce them to the community. And some of these get made into video games and some of them just kind of, you know, uh, go the wayside. But this one was developed Uh, and it was Goat Simulator, and it was published on Windows, Mac, uh, Linux, Android, and iOS in 2014. Um, There are versions for the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, the PlayStation 3, and the PlayStation 4, which came out in 2015, um, which were ports that were developed by Double Eleven Studios. And there's a Nintendo Switch version, which was released in... 2019. The whole thing of, uh, about Goat Simulator is it's sort of an open world game which has a scoring system which is very much like your uh, skateboarding games um, like the Tony Hawk series where you've got a goat and there are objects that are breakable in the environment and you are supposed to wreak as much havoc as possible in this environment. It's generally not up my alley because it's not story-based. I mean, maybe if there's a motivation behind the goat other than hunger, perhaps, I would uh, 
a story of the goat and where he came from and his goat family. But I don't think there is. This uses a lot of interesting ragdoll sort of physics and things where you can attach, you can lick objects and attach to the tongue and and all these things and destruction of your environment around you produces combos. And uh, it sounds like it could be fun for people who enjoy things like Tony Hawk, but wish they were actually a goat, I guess. I don't know. Goat Simulator. If it's up your alley, check it out and get the highest score for destruction. So just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, I just wanted to mention the fact that I just finished with my first playthrough of Guardians of the Galaxy, the new game that came out uh, that was published by Square Enix October 26th of this year um, and developed by Idis Montreal. And it is surprisingly, I mean, it's so well written. The script was wonderful. I had such a a wonderful time with the story, just the story. It did have some, some things in it as far as game mechanics that, uh, that I don't know if it slowed the pace. There was a huddle mechanic where you would as uh, you played as Star-Lord and you were you used your fighters. You couldn't change between the different members of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but you could order them to do certain things and use their certain powers. So there was sort of a minor kind of leveling up sort of mechanic with the different supporting powers, but mostly they did fighting on their own while you were fighting these groups of enemies. So a lot of what you were doing were dodging and directing your own team members or the guardians certain enemies had shields and you'd have to use certain elemental powers that uh, star lord's guns actually had and you know it had an interesting sort of puzzle solving element to it when you're traversing the level and um, there was some exploration that could be done but it was mostly to find components to upgrade your powers I was just baffled by how wonderful the story was, and it wasn't really promoted too much. It was a game that I saw, and it looked like it could be really, really horrible, really. I mean, it just seemed kind of generic, but based on a lot of reviews I saw, I took the plunge and uh, decided to check it out, and I'm very glad uh, that I did. Uh, I'm going to have a hard time not making this my game of the year this year because of all the games I played, this is probably the most compelling story. I mean, the other game that I would put up there on my list would probably be Psychonauts 2, but it filled a different sort of niche for me. It filled sort of a nostalgic sort of feeling. I just was brought back to the first time I played the original Psychonauts going on 16 years ago um and it was such a wonderful experience then and this the the latest version by double fine studios of of psychonauts 2 was worth the wait and it and it basically was what i want from a game rather than having a remaster i would much rather have you maintain the you know the general mechanics of the original game which is what this did added a few things but nothing super major and it just felt like i was playing the old game except with a new story and and 
new levels. And of course, level design has always been a strong suit uh, as far as Double Fine Productions and Tim Schafer's crew over there. It's just a it's just a wonderful game, and I'm glad that all the polishing time when Microsoft Studios picked them up, it seems like it was well worth it. Like any game, it did have its certain things that were that were missing, but it didn't feel rushed. It felt like it had the right balance. And so, yeah, for me this year, those two games are the top of my list as far as game of the year, which is slowly approaching. So, and uh, let's close out the abbreviated soliloquy show this week. <laughs> Uh, by saying uh, we've got uh, some words coming up. These are the words. Context, which is supposed to be out this week, is actually going to be released next week on the 18th. And then coming up in time for the holiday, for Thanksgiving, we've got a special episode with Marilee, who was uh, who joined me for Agriculture, which was a really fascinating episode. And we're doing that on Familia because she has a lot of family stories and things. And I think during the holidays, family is a big part of a lot of the stories we tell and our enjoyment. And sometimes there's, you know, there's drama there, but we're going to try and stick to the, uh, the funny stuff and the happy and the uplifting. Following that, I had a show with, uh, I did a show with uh, Eric again. We did a show on Perspective. Eric's sort of viewpoint on what makes a uh, quality game and my viewpoints are two different things. He's generally game mechanics. I'm generally story-based, but we have a discussion about that amongst other things. After that, we've got Platform, which I just wrapped up recording with Cheyenne, where we delve deep into things like diving, <laughs> platform diving, which is the first thing I think of. And then our favorite platformers, uh, platform games, the subgenre the sub that is sort of widely used and we try, and to, we try and define it a little bit more on what it is and what it isn't. And uh, it was a fun show, even though towards the end there, the boys started getting really active and started interacting in the show. And you'll hear that, but <laughs> that's okay. They're the boys. We let them do what they want. Mango and Bash. They can do what they want in my little babies. But then also, uh, following that, we've got a really cool show that I'm really excited about recording that I'm going to be recording next week uh, with my uh, next-door neighbor. And um, and she is getting into um, her degree is in language. Uh, she's originally from Brazil and spoke, Portuguese and then started I don't know how she uh, you know when she learned English but uh, we'll discuss that and she is doing her dissertation on languages and how languages mostly like how things are arranged in language and how when you rearrange a sentence or say it in a certain way how things can be interpreted multiple ways which is basically just a, a really interesting exploration about languages and what they do and what they're used for. I'm looking forward to giving all that content to you coming up. So, you know, thank you for hanging tight there and, you know, 
dealing with my age, I mean, you know, it happens, right? We get older, we start getting the aches and the pains and the things coming. So once again, thank you to everyone who helped me out during that situation. More specifically, my friend Michaela, who got me a heating pad and got me some pain relievers the day that I had that. And then some, uh, some thank you for a little bit of emotional support from Cheyenne, who um, helped me with my feeling a little bit, you know, a little bit uh, disappointed in myself for not being able to uh, provide an episode uh, for you this week. So, and I know, you know, things happen, but it just, I, I like to keep it consistent for you guys who listen. So, in any case, I appreciate all your likes and follows and all that stuff and tell your friends and because I really enjoy doing this. It's just such a wonderful uh, thing for me creatively and helps me deal with things and I hope you get something out of it and learn some stuff. So thank you so much for joining me uh, on this soliloquy supplemental episode, episode 22 dot question mark, question mark. Insert your favorite fraction here. We will see you next week for context. Thank you very much for joining us, and I'll see you then. See ya. Well, you know, I'll, 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 I'll talk to you then. I will talk to you later. Have a wonderful day. Take care.